Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and this evening I'm joined by my co-host Matt Wellen. Matt, how you doing this Wednesday evening? Ooh, I gotta say, man, I did the the recap show without you, and let's just say it's nice to have the face that runs the place back in the building. Zach, I'm doing great, man. Let's jump right into this thing. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I was on vacation. I did tune into the show. Appreciate Matt holding down the fort. With that said, we're going to jump right into this preview show. But before we do, if you're tuning in on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. If you're commenting on Twitter, we're not ignoring you. We just cannot see it. So this Monday night game, I think, went the way a lot of people thought it was going to go. But also, we were a little unsure based on what we had seen through the previous three weeks. Now that the 49ers appear to be back on track... A good Rams beating is always the good catalyst for that. What do you expect on the road in week five against a kind of weakened, beaten up Carolina Panthers team? I mean, what they should do is is continue the momentum. Um, again, Carolina, not a good team. Baker Mayfield hasn't looked great. Christian McCaffrey hasn't looked great. I should know. He's on my fantasy team. Um, you know, it, it, Matt Rule when teams score 17 or more points, he's one in 26 as a head coach. 17 in the NFL is a low bar to clear. So the 49ers coming off of a huge victory, you always worry about the adrenaline dump. You worry about, you know, a a little bit of a let off. You worry about the trap game, this and this and that. But this is the first of, I believe, what is two or three straight road games. Um, I know that they play at Carolina and then at Atlanta at least for those two games, the 49ers have to come out focused. And I think it's easier to do on the road. I think the trap games are more set up at home, right? Because on the road, what do, what do you, there's no creature comforts. There's no home. There's no family. There's no nothing. You get out on the road, you're in the hotel, you've focusing on nothing but ball. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's a very winnable game and it's one that the 49ers sh- especially should win coming off that huge win and you know against LA particularly given that you know Carolina not coming into this game super healthy Zach we we knew, saw today that the uh Carolina Panthers have a safety that's going on IR today 
That's right. Yeah. Starting safety. I believe Justin Chin is his name. Placed on IR. Very unfortunate for the Panthers, but the 49ers will, you know, be facing them. And they've had their own um share of injuries that they had to deal with. And we I thought, excuse me, blanket on his name right now. Uh McKivitz, sorry, Colt McKivitz. Yeah, Colt did McKivitz. a pretty good job Monday night, and then come to find out. Oh, he's out another six to eight weeks or however long with an MCL injury. So now the 49ers will be down to their third string left tackle going into this game, which is really unfortunate because I thought the offensive line played really well considering all the injuries going into it. Um, How big of a concern is that for you? I mean, I don't even know if we know who's going to be filling in for him now. Um, I'd imagine they're going to plug and play. Um, For McKivitz? Mm -hmm. I think they put in Jalen Moore at the left tackle after McKivitz went out. So it'll probably be Jalen Moore there, but it, it is concerning. I mean, they did a great job against the against the uh, Rams, but I mean, Brian Burns is there in Carolina. That's that's a big name to deal with. He's he's a tough guy. Um, it might not be as easy. So they're going to have to do a lot of what they have been doing, and that's scheming the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands pretty quick. Don't let Jimmy drop back there and try to hold the ball for any length of time because. Again, uh, an already suspect offensive line is now on its second and third string guys at multiple positions. So it's definitely something to worry about. But the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are pretty good about game planning around it. I would expect them to, in the passing game, set off a bunch of quick hitters, screens, slants, stuff that's like really quick developing, and then use that to supplement the run game. So it's a worry, but... I think from a sheer talent aspect that the 49ers are just better. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Also, they're also getting some reinforcements. Um, They just announced today that Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett will both be reporting back to practice, I believe, starting today. So that was huge. Um, The secondary has already looked the best it's looked in recent memory, and now they're getting back two previous starters and the captain and Jimmy Ward. I'm really excited to see the full potential of the secondary Charveris Warder. I, I keep calling him Charveris Charizard. I know he wants to go by Mooney. Mooney Ward has been everything the 49ers have hoped. Granted, I know they have not played the Kansas Cities, the Tampa Bays, the LA Chargers yet. So I'm kind of eager to see him going up against a really, really high potent offense. But everything we've seen so far has been extremely promising. Um, we have a comment here from Apollo. What do you all think of the wide receivers, wide open receivers last week? Excuse me. What do you think of the wide open receivers week after week? Seeing that with limited offensive line, can we really say Kyle isn't a genius? Does he lose that title? Not for me. Again, there's wide open receivers week after week after week, which means that Kyle is doing his job in scheming the plays. Guys are open. There are opportunities to be had. And Jimmy Garoppolo is leaving a Thanksgiving dinner on the table. And there's a certain point where you can scheme as good as anybody in the world. But if you don't have the players to execute your scheme at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You can lead a man to water, but you can't force him to drink. And Jimmy Garoppolo is parched right now with as much water as he leaving out there in the field. So I I'm, you know, again, you try and you try to do your best. And Kyle is so good at scheming that if Jimmy Garoppolo can hit on just a fraction of these plays, the 49ers are in a really good position to win. But you can't look at the plays and see the guys that are just, I mean, 5, 10, 15 yards open. Sometimes 
completely uncovered and say that Kyle isn't doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we heard it after the Denver Sunday night debacle. Uh, has Kyle Shanahan lost a step? Is he no longer an offensive mastermind? Uh, does this team miss Mike McDan- Mike McDaniel, which they probably do, but there were plenty of plays out there going back to that Sunday night game in Denver where Debo is wide open, Juice is wide open, Brandon Ayuk's wide open. And like you said, if he's drawing it up, it's on Jimmy for not executing. And I know Kyle Shanahan likes to take a little bit more of the blame for whatever reason in protecting Jimmy and saying, well, it's execution, but execution ultimately falls on the head coach, which is me. It's it's a lot on Jimmy, Kyle. I know you're trying to be the ultimate yeah. leader and the buck stops with you. But if you're drawing it up and Jimmy knows where it's supposed to go and he doesn't put it there, there's not much else you can do. But I, I agree with you, man. I think Kyle Shanahan should still be thought of as a very, very talented offensive play caller in this league. Um, we have another question from Spinic Danger. Can the 49ers and Nick Bosa beat down Baker and the Panthers have they done as they've done in the past? I think so. This is a very winnable game. This is one where the 49ers are, you know, I haven't seen the odds and I can look them up, but they are probably favored in this. Um, I think I saw a six and a half, but I don't know if it's changed since. For the 49ers? Uh-huh. That seems about right. I mean, they're they're just far and away the better team. Um, it, this Carolina Panthers team is not very good. And you're right. It's six and a half. I honestly... This is a game the 49ers should win by double-digit points, by 10 or more. Um, Carolina's just been completely unimpressive so far. Um, I mean, they lost to the Browns and Baker's revenge game that he was talking about all offseason, right? Um, they were talking about it, and it's just, you know, they, they have wins over the Saints and the Giants, but they're just not impressive wins. In my, um, I'm sorry, they have win over the Saints. They lost to the Giants. It's one of those things where they're, they're just not impressive. And I believe that that um, the Saints win that they had was, gosh, I, I want to believe that it was just one of those weird games that, I don't know. They looked totally flat against the Cardinals last week. They didn't look good. I, I, I just, I'm not, I haven't been impressed with um, Carolina, Carolina. And it hasn't. Like, what's the advantage over over Sam Darnold? They look almost identical. And I don't want to say that it's the players. I really think that Matt Rule is better served as a college coach than he is as a professional coach. He's just not been impressive, you know. And, again, 1-26 in against teams that score 17 or more against you. There's just no way around that. And they just look absolutely awful. Um, They've kept games pretty close. Um, The largest margin of defeat for them was this past week against the Cardinals. But again, when you talk about an Arizona Cardinals team, what have they done? They've looked terrible so far this season and you beat Carolina by double digits. The 49ers should have a cakewalk here as long as they go in with the right mindset and are in it to get business done on Sunday. Yeah. That game, the Cardinals and Panthers last week on Sunday it was like none of them wanted to win. It reminded me of Sunday night in Denver last week because they were just giving up the game. Kyler was giving it up. Baker was giving it up. And the Cardinals ultimately took it. But I don't think anybody wanted to win that game. Um, I agree with you. I think the 49ers should win this game pretty easily as long as 
everybody does what they're supposed to do. We saw a mistake game free. I, I, I always say that it shouldn't be mistake free because he made mistakes. Turnover free game from Jimmy Monday night against the Rams. And we see what that can do for this team if he just simply does not turn the ball over. Now, the defense totally went above and beyond and put seven points on the board. I don't think that that's sustainable. But if the defense is holding teams to nine points a game, even if you get 17 from your offense, you're winning. You're winning comfortably. So, which they have been doing, 9.25 points per game is what this defense is averaging through four games, which is like historically low. It it is really, really insane what this defense has been able to do. Um, Question from Bolts Nation 88. When do you think Trent comes back? Trent Williams probably going to be another couple of weeks. I know that he's talked about like, oh, that's nothing for me. I should be back. I should do this. I should do that. Man, it's one thing for a guy to start feeling better. It's another thing for once he gets back into practice to really start turning it up. And I would hate for Trent to feel like he needs to rush back and then end up injuring himself again. So I think they're going to slow play him. I think the team's gonna, done a good job with players who are trying to come back, just be a little more cautious with them than they normally be. I think that the, absolutely there is something to be said for Trent Williams getting back, helping this offense, um, really bolstering the offensive line, which is what the, the team desperately needs. But at the same time, with the way the 49ers looked against the Rams particularly, this is definitely a playoff team, and I'd rather have Trent Williams for the home stretch than for some of these earlier games, um, particularly these next two weeks I feel are infinitely winnable. Um, I would like to see him perhaps come back for the Kansas City game. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, he, you know, he did come back a little too soon, according to him, in the playoffs last year. Um, it was the playoffs or was it Week 17 that he ended up coming back for, and he said he shouldn't have done it. He should have just waited um, I forget which one it was, but hopefully he does not do that and rush himself back this year. Hopefully the 49ers are able to withstand him being out for however long he needs. Um, a couple more comments. Emiliano says, Panthers defense is pretty good. They're not letting the game get away, even though their own offense plays like they're trying to get them tired. LOL, I wouldn't overlook them no matter how ba- bad Baker is. I would disagree with that. I don't think the Panthers defense is good at all. I think they're a byproduct of who they played. When you look at you know some of their earlier games, they gave up 26 to the Browns, who were starting Jacoby Brissett. They got beat by the Giants. They gave up 19 to Daniel Jones, who is a disaster at times. Has talent, but is a disaster. Then they beat Jameis and the Saints. Yeah, sure. They give up 14 points. No big deal. Whatever. It's Jameis Winston, though, right? The one halfway decent quarterback and who's been having a down year in Kyler Murray, they give up 26 points. So I don't think their defense is good. I think it's a byproduct of who they've played so far. You come talk to me when they hold somebody to single digits, you know, the 49ers have done that each and every week besides the game that they played against uh, the Chicago bears in a monsoon. You know what I mean? Like the 49ers have done a great job with their defense so far. And if both uh, here, here's what I like to say. If you take both teams and it's any given Sunday, of course, because we never know what happens, but just on paper, if you take both teams playing at their absolute best, the 49ers should win this game 10 times out of 10. There's no question that the 49ers are by far the more talented team. It's just going to be about what's going on. And when you have Baker Mayfield back there who can't get away from pressure because he's not fast enough, who is short 
and is going to have passes batted down. I mean, there were eight batted passes in that Cardinals-Panthers game. That is ugly, right? And then you have a front seven that's as talented as the 49ers and a secondary that's ball hawking like they haven't ball hawked in years. This has the potential to be a runaway show. If if both teams perform up to their potential, the 49ers should win walking away. Yeah, yeah. Well said. I, I agree with that. Um, I just don't think the car, the, excuse me, the Panthers have the firepower to keep up with the Niners if it does by some miracle turn into that sort of game. Um, I don't think the defense can hold the Niners back. And I do think the 49ers defense could certainly hold the Panthers offense in check. Here's an interesting question. Matt Rule, Cliff Kingsbury, who do you think is more likely to be gone after this year, Matt? Um, I, I mean, Matt Rule's gone. Like, I don't even think that's a question. Cliff Kingsbury still has the luxury of – and and here's the thing, too. Cliff Kingsbury just got extended, so I don't think he's getting it's fired. True. Matt Rule is done. Like, it, the writing's on the wall. This season is, gonna, is, is very likely to get away from Carolina, and they're going to be in position to take a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud next year in the draft because you know you have a lame duck coach. You know, I mean, uh, they're not making the playoffs, right? This is going to be another year. And again, when we talk about what Matt Rule has looked like, he's supposedly an offensive guy, and he's looked completely overmatched in the NFL. The Panthers have been abysmal since he's taken over as head coach. This is year three for him. If he's not making moves, the Panthers will do it for him. Um, their owner, David Tepper, came in, and he was like, look, I want results. He made a hard push for Deshaun Watson. Say what you want about his off-the-field stuff. Deshaun Watson is a talent at the quarterback position. He made you know multiple inquiries into different quarterbacks and wasn't able to get one um, other than Baker Mayfield, who he got on the cheap. I think that David Tepper, after the season, is going to clean house, and it's very, very likely that the Carolina Panthers just start from scratch, get one of the quarterbacks in the beginning of the draft, and, and go from there. Yeah, I totally forgot the extended cliff, to be honest with you, um, which is crazy because he really has not had the resume experience to deserve that. But whatever, um, we'll see how that turns up. So the last time we did a show, we talked about Javon Kinlaw, Matt, and whether or not we weren't sure if it was the same me that was acting up. Turns out it was, unfortunately, the same me that is acting up. How concerned... Were you reading that, that it was the same knee and we were told the surgeon thought that maybe they were able to repair the root cause of it. And now four weeks into the year, it's already given them problems. Yeah, that's disappointing to see. Um, But we don't know the extent. It's one thing to, you know, and he looked disappointed that he wasn't playing last week. Yeah. Um, It is what it is, man. If it turns out that, you know, he's unable to go because his knee is just not cooperating with him. That's one thing, right? That doesn't necessarily mean the 49ers whiffed on the pick. It just means his body gave up. You know what I mean? It's happened before. Um, Greg Oden with the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA is a, is a prime example. There are tons of players who are, who are very, very good, but just ended up being injury prone or, or, you know, whatnot. And let's not forget. I mean, he had the ACL injury. We're not that far removed from ACL injuries being like the death knell on somebody's career. I mean, we're talking like late 90s, early 2000s. A torn ACL is something that gives players serious fits. 
Um, I remember distinctly um, for the Cincinnati Bengals, Kijana Carter tore his ACL was never the same, right? And he was like, this was back in the day where running backs were picked like high. And he was the number one pick, I believe in 96, um, 95 or 96. And he just wasn't the same afterwards. You know, can't miss prospect out of Penn State was actually talented running the ball. This is just one of those things where it makes the team look bad because you drafted him so high and you have a basis of comparison, right? Kinlaw is unfortunately tied inextricably to DeForest Buckner because that was the trade, right? They traded DeForest Buckner away to the Colts, got the draft back. They actually traded up to get Kinlaw. And so you're tied to DeForest Buckner. And every time Buckner does something, it's always 49ers fans who are like, man, we should still have Buckner. We should still have Buckner. What you what people forget is that the 49ers were up against it, right? This is a season where it's just like, man, we're up against the cap. Um, we we got to make moves. There are guys that are coming up that we really need to, you know, take care of. We don't have room for Armstead and Buckner. And Armstead is, while a step down, at least a good option and a cheaper option, right? When the Colts signed DeForest Buckner to his extension, he became the second highest paid defensive tackle behind only Aaron Donald. And that was not a number that the 49ers were going to be able to carry. I believe it was something like 26 or 27 million. And you say, oh, yeah, well, but, well, Armstead makes 20 million. But in the NFL, $7 million is like, that's a lot in cap space. So I understand on a paper aspect why the 49ers made the move. And it's really unfortunate that Javon just hasn't been able to fulfill his potential due to injury because it's just the way that the you know he's tied to that forever and it's something out of his control but it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes yeah not not to mention they gave him i don't want to say they gave him but he got number 99 on top of the comparisons as if they weren't clear enough and already there now he's literally wearing deforest buckner's old number um it is unfortunate and it is also why a lot of other teams basically had him off of their board altogether because they red flagged him for this knee issue. I don't know if the 49ers medical staff felt differently, felt that they could be repaired, felt like it wasn't as big of an issue. They took a chance. Unfortunately, that's it has not fully worked out for them. I'm not going to write him off yet. He's still extremely talented. And if he can get this straightened up, he will be a very good player for the 49ers, but it's been keeping him off, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yo, I let your comment go the other day when you were like, are the Padres going to blow this? I was like, they're magic numbers too, bro. They're not going to blow it. And they didn't. Um, hopefully the Mets, he says below, hope the Mets are going to met. Hopefully the Mets do met. Um, I went to the game today. It was, it was fun. It was like the last game of the season. Nobody gave a shit. Giants fans in attendance gave a shit, but you know, that was fine. No, it was fun though. Um, but yeah, that was my last regular season game of the season. I went to 34 games this year in person. It's a lot. That's crazy, dude. I do have tickets for each. Um, if they get past the wild card, for whatever reason this year, the wild cards are three game series, but all three are going to be in New York if needed. Um, so I have tickets to the NLDS and the NLCS if they make it. So that's badass. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to these comments. Melissa says, "Can we talk about that Lenore sack? How he is breaking out?" Diamond Lenore looked pretty good Monday night. He, he looks pretty good. I still I still worry about him in certain situations. I think that um he's got room to grow. Um 
that sack was impressive, but it was also on an uncovered corner blitz. So, you know, I, I want to pump the brakes. I'm actually I, like, I think Lenora is, is good. I'm more hyped about the potential that Womack has than Lenore. Um, but he looks good. And anytime that you can, and we'll talk about this too. Anytime you can add talent to a defensive backfield is a good thing. I just worry about there being too many mouths to feed on that defense in the secondary, particularly now that Ward is coming back, right? Particularly now that Verrett is coming back and less so Verrett than Ward, because Ward is a guy that Shanahan's going to want to start immediately because Ward's been ride or die. He's been a Shanahan guy from the beginning in terms of being able to pick up the system and he, you know, this and this and that, but Gibson to Sean Gibson's been playing really well. Yeah. And you risk upsetting the apple cart for the sake of getting your boy back in the game. And I just worry if there are too many mouths to feed. And it's something with like Womack that I worry about that Lenore is going to get a little bit of shine Womack who could use the reps. And this is something that Kyle, it's something that I hate that he does, but I understand given the position of the team is where if a young guy struggles, he'll pull the young guy. We saw it with Spencer Burford um, against the Rams when Aaron Donald, like he just whiffed on Aaron Donald. Right. And they pulled him out for a little bit. I just think that the young guys need reps to overcome some of that stuff. Same thing we talk about with Trey Lance all the time, right? And shout-outs to Trey Lance, who allegedly has been in every single team meeting since he got injured and has been able to be back with the club and who is going to travel with the team the minute he's cleared to travel with the team. Shout-outs to him. But, again, these young guys need reps, right? They're going to make mistakes. But if you don't get them reps – how are you supposed to learn in a game time situation? Yeah. A weakness for the 49ers last year in the secondary has now become almost a room that's filled to the brim. What do you do with it? And I think that that's something that while uh, not a terrible problem to have can become a problem if you let it get away from you. So I'm interested to see in how they handle these guys going forward. Yeah, I had seen Richard Sherman on his podcast over the volume talking about how the 49ers might have to start implementing some three safety looks because Deshaun Gibson has simply been, I was trying to find the video, I couldn't find it, um, has simply been too good to take off the field. And if I remember correctly, through four weeks, Gibson and Hufanga were the one and two top ranked safeties in the entire NFL, which is just Wild considering Gibson was kind of signed as this veteran placeholder to fill in while Jimmy Ward was going to be out and the 49ers were likely going to take a big hit while Jimmy Ward was out. It's been the total opposite. Um, Tashawn Gibson has been playing very, very well. Now he did drop a interception that was thrown right to him in the end zone last week. I keep saying last week, Monday night, but still other than that coverage wise, he's been very impressive, especially for somebody who was signed prior to week one and, and basically just plugged in play. And I mean, good. pretty much off the streets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been really impressed with him. Um, we have a super chat from Tommy Huxley. Jimmy G will throw a pick in Carolina. Um, He didn't have a pick against the Rams. So I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. He's due for one. Unfortunately, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has, I think 36 starts with the 49ers. And like in those games, he has like 30 something interception. He's averaging almost an interception a game. So it's a good bet, safe bet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I did not see, I see, uh, Fortnite throwback. Did you see PFF 
rank 49ers safeties. I did not see that. I think Gibson was. Oh, I see I it right here. Hufanga was like second and Gibson was yeah. fifth. Yeah. Um, Talano Hufanga second, 90.7 grade. And Tashawn Gibson was fourth with an 82.1 Bro, grade. I, under, I underestimated how good Hufanga is. Same. I, I, un, I knew he was good, but I think I underestimated the the jump that he was going to make from last year to this year. I think that he's gotten so, so much better, like to an amount that it, it would be almost unreasonable for anybody to predict, right? Yeah. Last year he got on the field, mostly in the box, doing all this stuff, but like he's been phenomenal and I've been super impressed. It, it's been pretty preposterous. It's It's been unreal, to be honest with you. I mean, we did see him last year, but it, it was nothing like this. It was nothing no. like this. And the, the the gap that he took or the gap between this year and last year is monstrous. And it's been extremely impressive what he's been able to do. And I know a lot of people were on Twitter this offseason hyping him up. And to be honest with you, I was kind of taking it with a grain of salt. And I'm just like, you know, sure, yes, I like the kid. I think he's extremely well-spoken. Seems like a very good person. But I'm not sure if he's going to be this all-pro level safety well, he's totally proved me wrong, proved all the doubters wrong, and he's been playing lights out. I mean, the instinct that he has stuff you can't teach, stuff you can't measure. I mean, he talked about his 40 time. You know, he was afraid Matthew Stafford was going to catch him on that pick six, but he did it, and he's got that ability to I just mean, jump he talks about it, but it's a difference between what I've noticed about Hufanga is there's 40 time speed and then there's functional speed. Yeah. And the way that he plays, I mean, He's he's good enough. And again, Tommy Huxley says, I knew that Hufanga would be a beast fight on Trojans. Dude, he dominated at USC. He was great at USC. And so you you would think that there's a part of that that's going to translate. I just didn't think it would translate like this. And it's to the point where like I like him so much that I don't want to jinx him by buying his jersey, but I'm like real close, bro. I'm like real close. Um but yeah, for you know, I know Haberman and Middlecoff, they put up, a, you know, they do the live streams, and sometimes like I can't catch the whole live stream, so I'll watch like recap, like the little vi- video snippets on YouTube or whatever. And they had one where it's just like, did everybody just whiff on Hufanga? And I think that a lot of people did. I think that you know we're in a numbers game. It, it, everything at the combine is super scrutinized, and like he talked about, I'm afraid that Matthew Stafford was going to catch me my dog shit forty time, right? But at the same time, is that what led people to overlook him? You know, I talked about it too, where I'm just like, oh, I'm looking at the 40 time and I'm like, man, I don't know on those deep routes. Is he going to get beat to the sideline? Like whatever, whatever. And he just shows such good instincts. I mean, that pick six that he had, he saw the rub coming and he just jumped that route so quick. And it was such a thing of beauty to watch from just watching him pre-snap to where he picked off the ball. He knew exactly what was coming. He had done his homework and it's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Hufanga has talent and he works hard. He's just, you know, I hate to say it cause I really hate cliche shit, but he's got that dog in him and I love to see it. He's a guy. And again, one of the rules that I've always had in my life is, you know, treat people with respect, right? Um, open a door for people Always say please and thank you. Always say sir and ma'am. Yeah. And lastly, don't fuck with Samoans. 
you know and i know he's i know that it's you know he's he's pacific islander he's not samoan but the the adage holds true that it's just like dude listen he is a tough son of a bitch and he gets out there and he gets after it and i love to see it man i absolutely love hufanga and what he's done this year well said 49ers throwback says you got to get his jersey matt and you too zach if he continues playing like this we'll have to give one away or something man because we'll have to i mean we're going to listen if he keeps playing like this and and he's still killing it when i come up there for for 49ers bucks i'm going to the team store and i'm buying one dead ass Yeah. And not and one I'll, of the cheapies, not one of the cheapies either. I'll buy one of the fucking stretchy sleeve three hundred dollar joints. I don't even give a shit. You did it last time, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. You got. Trey I have. Lance. I have. I have one of the like one of the authentic Trey Lance jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I agree. I just think that the way he's been playing has shocked a lot of us, um, and I think that most people were expecting a significant. Maybe not significant, but a jump from last year, but not this level of jump. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, Tart's gone. Jimmy Ward's going to be missing some time. This secondary, specifically the back end of the secondary, is going to take a huge jump to start the year. It's been the total opposite. This is as good of a secondary the 49ers have had. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't even, since what, Carlos Rogers and Dante Whitner were back there, and Carlos Rogers led the league in interceptions, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time, and they're getting their hands on the ball. And Melissa commented here, too, that I want to talk about. Did you guys see in the presser, Hufanga said he missed Debo's touchdown because he was so engrossed in watching film on the sideline? That's next level. That's just the type of player he is. He completely missed Debo Samuel's amazing, arguably the best play wire receiver this year, his touchdown because he was watching film on the tablets on the sidelines. And his whole pick six was courtesy of Hufanga watching film, knowing their tendencies, knowing they had been throwing screens all night, throwing screens to that side. Who else were they going to go to besides Cup and Higby? So he knew where they were going with the ball, jumped yeah. it, perfect time. That was wild. It almost, and I want, I didn't have anybody to like talk to about it, but on the live stream, I just really wanted to get into, man, like, is Sean McVay a one-trick pony right now? Their offense is so one-dimensional. It's clear he doesn't like Cam Akers. He just does not like Cam Akers. They don't use him the way that Cam Akers should be used. I think that a, a fresh start would be good for him. I feel like he wants a bigger back that's a better blocker, that's better at blitz pickup and things like that. And on on the you know passing game, it's just like this looks very much like what he was doing with Jared Goff in that like second year, the year after the Super Bowl, where it's just like it's all Cooper Cup all the time. It's Tyler Higby. Those two shared probably thirty five targets. It was madness. I don't understand, um, and it just made their offense predictable. But I I do think that Hufanga, you know, it was cool. Um, somebody else pointed out here to that he said listen sometimes when you see him running routes differently it's like it you smell a rat dude and when you smell a rat you can smell a rat like right that's yeah that's what he does so john put it perfectly hufanga's instincts are off the chart he said you can smell a rat on his pick six those are the type of things right that not everybody can pick up on but hufanga picked up on it and he made the pick six he made the adjustment and damn dude i i can't even tell you how good it feels to watch a defense that can get after the ball and get takeaways. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. Um, and let's not sleep on Nick Bosa, who I feel like was credited with two sacks. So he's got, what is that? 
five six or six on the year. Four, six in four games. So he's well on his way, man. I mean, and I this believe is a, this is a stout ass defense. 14 pressures, if I remember correctly. 14 by PFF just in the last game. Insane. And this is what I'm looking going to keep an eye on. I've never once seen Kyle acknowledge the fact that he's held on almost every play. And he did say that, if I remember correctly, yesterday. Um, he said, you know, it, it's kind of getting ridiculous at this point how much he's held and it's not called. So I'm interested to see how the league handles that because these comments were made by a head coach of a prominent team out in public. Hopefully they're kind of like, hey, officials, keep an eye on this Sunday and moving forward. And maybe he'll start to get some of these calls because it is blatant and it's almost every single play. The man's in a chokehold and and the officials just look the other way because – I've heard offensive line coaches literally say they're not going to call holding on every play. So just hold, just hold, which is true, unfortunately, but you got to call it sometimes, man. And he almost never gets these calls, which is rare for a player of his caliber, but that's just how it turns out. So, and and the problem is, is that that philosophy applied to Nick Bosa sometimes gets so egregious that you're looking at potentially him getting injured just by the way, by how rough people are with their holds of him. They'll horse collar him. They'll, you know, they'll try to bury him. It's just like, there has to be some level of reverence and respect for the top flight pass rushers in the game. And Nick Bosa not getting those calls. I mean, how many sacks would he have right now? If, if they called it the way that they should, you know, I, I get that you can call holding on every single play, but, and, and you know, people are like, oh, they're not going to call it every play. Just hold him, just hold him. It's gotten so egregious, though. Maybe you do need to call it every time you see it like that so that they stop so much egregious type, like just blatant holds. Bla- I mean, pretty much muggings. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that the guy that ran out on the field like a moron with a gender reveal and got hit by Bobby Wagner is now pressing charges against Bobby Wagner. But if anybody should be charging somebody for assault, it should be Nick Bosa because they're they're taking him out every single game in ways that just like, come on, man. It's obvious. You watch the tape. And I know that Schwartz is out there saying "Eh, it wasn't a hold. Yeah, well, that guy's an idiot. So, yeah, talk about biased much. Right, because his brother was the one doing yeah. the fucking holding. It, it also, it's like when we're watching. Well, he's not on Sunday Night Football anymore, but Chris Collinsworth, um, or he still is Sunday Night, right? Is Chris Collinsworth Sunday? He night? is, yeah, but he's with Mike Tirico now. That's right. It's like watching him advise on whether or not a receiver pushed off, and he goes, "Ah, uh, you know, uh, that's a tough one, but I'm biased." Like, at least he acknowledges he's going to side with the receiver because Even that's worse. what he played. Even worse. Even worse, when Peyton Manning on Monday night was like, Jimmy meant to throw that ball high to put it in a position where the cor- – like, no, listen, Peyton, I know you're a former quarterback and you're just going to bat for your dude, but don't lie. Stop lying. Stop capping. Yeah. Like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> that's yeah. so bad, dude. That's, that's hilarious. So I don't. I didn't watch the Manning cast, but that's hilarious. Um, yeah, this it, talks about yeah. what you were going into game speed, real life speed. Huff hit yep. 21 miles per hour on his pick six per next-gen stats. I think that people Jesus. listen. Here's the thing that I've never understood with what people talk about 40 speed and things like that. When you're doing your 40 at the combine, perfect conditions, indoor, no wind. You're you've been training for that thing your whole time, right? Um, and you're also in shorts and a rash guard. 
right? Like, like a tight tank top. They don't take into account at all what a helmet, what pads, what being outside in the grass, endurance of playing the game of all this stuff is. So I think that there is something to, yeah. Okay. There's track speed. And a lot of times it does translate, right? Tyreek Hill runs a four, two You can see it, right? He's definitely a four, two guy, right? But there are other guys, same thing. 49ers goat, Jerry Rice, same thing. Ran like a four, six, four, five, a four, six at the combine. Always, always, always ran away from guys. Like almost never saw him get run down. And there are videos of him like blowing by Deion Sanders, who's a famous track guy, right? Um, there's a difference when you get that weight on you, when you get, you know, part of the, you know, halfway through the game, your fatigue and stuff like that. The fact that Hufanga in full pads can hit 21 miles an hour. That's awesome, man. And that's, that's the definition of game of speed. And I think it often gets overlooked and we fall into, these are the numbers. These are the numbers. That's as fast as the guy gets. And we lose track of what's really important. And it's like, how, fast can you run during a game what's your game speed like and i think that hufanga has that game speed yeah well said i mean they have these next gen stats next gen whatever they're called um you know they put the chips in the pads these days like that's what these coaches and these these front offices should be analyzing and measuring not you know like teradome says underwear olympics film is key which is what can you do in a real life scenario? Not like you said, Matt, when all of these situations are perfect, you get, I don't even know how many chances they get at the 42 runs. Do they get two? two? They get two. Yeah. Like you even get a redo. Like that's not, I mean, and, and listen, like maybe Hufanga, I mean, and, and, and here's the other thing you start in a three point stance. Yeah. Hufanga on a football field is never going to start in a three point stance. So like, that's going to lower your 40 time if you're not used to that. Maybe your maybe your first 10 is like bad, right? Maybe you have top end speed but like your acceleration takes a little bit longer. It could be any number of things, but to just look at the 40 number and go this dude's slow, this dude's hella fast, this dude's whatever. I think it's very much skewed and it's something that I've always had a problem with with the combine. It's just like they're training specifically for these combine events, right? That how many I mean We've seen it in the last, what, five years that 40 times have just like sank to record lows and, and speed has exploded in the NFL. But we've seen it with multiple players on this team, Debo included, where it's just like there's a difference between being in workout shape and being in football shape. Yeah. And it definitely makes a difference. And I think that Hufanga being, you know, in good enough shape to hit 21 miles an hour on his pick six you know, per the next gen stats is really, really impressive. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not going to touch on this too long because we've already moved on, but I saw, I think it was 49ers throwback talked in here earlier about how the Rams really regret letting Robert Woods go. I think that that really hurt their offense. And I think they thought they'd get a lot more from Allen Robinson than they have gotten so far, but also Robert's Van Jefferson's washed, out. He's yeah. Washed. It looks pretty bad. Van Jefferson's hurt. They don't have OBJ anymore. They are essentially a run one trick pony with Cooper Cup and a little bit of Tyler Higby. So their offense is struggling without him. And they gave up what, like a sixth round pick? Or they got excuse me, got a sixth round pick for Robert Woods. I bet you they would much rather have Robert Woods right about now. Um, all right. So moving on to Carolina 49ers game. Last year we did see, or not last year, 2019. I was at this game. 
51 to eight. This was kind of the Tevin Coleman breakout game, breakout, his one big game, I should say. What do you this expect? This was a Nick Bosa breakout game. That's true. This was the game. This is where my whole three sacks and a forced fumble thing came into account. He almost had he that had pick like six. Two or three sacks, and he had the pick, and he almost yeah. had a pick six. Almost. Um, um, this was the Gerald McCoy. We want the smoke. And then they just got yeah. lit up. They got lit up. Yeah. They wanted so, no smoke. What do you expect? I know you talked earlier to open the show. You do have – uh, let me get into the injury reports before I, before I let you answer that. I'm sorry. Um, but we'll get into our expectations because I think we both have similar expectations after the 49ers kind of right, righted the ship. Um, so today, Wednesday, as we're recording this, Armstead did not practice with a foot and ankle injury. That's new, I feel like. I haven't seen the ankle on there before. Uh, Bosa had a rest day. TDP did not practice with the ankle. Kinlaw with the knee. Tyler Croft with the knee, McKivitz with the knee, Tavares Moore with the hamstring, and Trent Williams with the ankle. Ross Dwelly was limited with a rib injury, and Juwan Jennings was limited with an ankle. I believe Kyle Shanahan said he was day-to-day. Most importantly, Danny Gray, full participation with that hip injury that kept him out this past week. On the flip side. I was and- wondering about that. I think that hip injury was a little bit of bullshit. I agree. I agree. Um, on the flip side, Panthers, Christian McCaffrey had a rest day, LaVisca Chenault hamstring injury, and uh, corner Stanley Thomas Oliver thigh injury, and safety Xavier Woods the hamstring injury. All of them did not practice. Uh, limited Marquise Haynes defensive end with a knee injury, linebacker Frankie Louvu with a shoulder injury, and Shaq Thompson with a knee injury, and tight end Steven Sullivan with a back injury was a full participant in practice. So some big names on the Panthers injury report. Uh, McCaffrey had a rest day. Chenault, Frankie Louvu, their starting um, linebacker. Any of these injuries concern you? Anything that stands out to you before we get into our expectations? You kind of touched on on uh, Danny Gray a little bit there. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I think that it's no... when you Okay, so it's possible that Danny Gray hurt his hip, right? But then... Um, I'm pretty sure, and I don't, I didn't see the play, but I'm pre- did, did Ray Ray McLeod fumble on special teams? Yes. Yes. So that's all you need to know about the Danny Gray hip injury. Okay. I mean, all right. if it, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's Ray Ray McLeod fumbling on special teams. So did, again, the big thing for me, Christian McCaffrey on the injury report. I haven't watched too much of the Panthers, but I feel like that they've been in situations where they're not blocking well for him. Um, I think that he's still absolutely immensely talented and he's had some of these ticky tack injuries, but he's been out there, right? They're just not getting him in the position to get out and, and do what he does best. And I think that's a product of Matt rule, just being a shitty NFL head coach. I, I just think that he's really bad. Um, the secondary, right? Xavier Woods not practicing. We talked about it earlier. Uh, who's it? Jeremy Chin is on IR. Yep. yep. Right now, you're looking at a, a defense that's just again starting to drop like flies. And unlike the 49ers, who have a ton of depth on their defense, the Panthers aren't built with that type of depth. So whereas the 49ers can withstand some of this stuff, right? Kinlaw is not playing. Um, Eric Armstead. I know it says foot and ankle, but it's really it's really that plantar fasciitis um i really think that that's part of it um and that's going to be something that hampers them all season but you can plug in 
you know, the Hassan Ridgeways. You can plug in some of these other guys. You can, you know, Drake Jackson coming in for for spot reps on pass rushdowns. Um, you got still got Nick Bosa out there. The 49ers are, you know, it, even even somebody like Aziz Alshire being out, right? Um, you have Demetrius Flanagan Fowles that can stand in and and do a good, pretty good job, right? Um, the 49ers just have more depth. And so when I look at the injury report, I'm like, okay, this is not good. This is not good, right? McKivitt's being out, this and this and that. Um, Melissa says, isn't, isn't Chin still injured? Yes, they put him on IR today, so he's not playing. So you're going to miss the next four games at least. But, you know, all of these people missing and on the injury report for the Panthers, it's not good. And this is going to allow, I mean, if there was a game for Jimmy to start feasting, right, and actually eating some of the fucking food he leaves on the table, today would be it, right? It's leftover day, Jimmy. Just put put together a turkey sandwich and just Ross Geller that shit. My sandwich, this is your sandwich. All right, eat it. <laughs> Yeah, well said. Um, also, to answer Melissa's question, how did Juwan Jennings hurt his ankle and how severe? He came up lame on one of the passes Monday night, but Kyle Shannon said he was day-to-day, so I wouldn't be too concerned with it. That that tells me that it's not a high ankle sprain, that it's just like he rolled his ankle and it's like a normal, like a low ankle sprain. It's just the traditional one. It's going to be more about um, managing inflammation and pain. Got it. Got if it. they wrap it up really nice, he should be able to go. Nice to know. Um, Hung Fat, Juice, big game. I was so happy they finally used Juice Check, even a little bit, Monday night. Even a little bit. Turns out the guy's a good football player, Matt. Who would have thought? Who would have known? Thought? He's only made the Pro Bowl for the last, like, 87 years. So, um, yeah. I yeah, think he could I mean, have a big game. He's, he's so good. He's so good at many different aspects of the game. And I think that he's so underutilized. And that's, yeah. that's criminal. I mean, good for him for, you know, not having to work that hard for as much money as he makes. But, you know, he's he's far better than what the 49ers use him as. Yeah. Um, I still remember that career highlight back in 2019 where he just dribbled Minka Fitzpatrick like he was a basketball right off the field. Just just I mean, just bounced him. Um, and, and you know, we see it all the time. He had another catch in that game where he took a hit to the head and he still brought it in. Yuschek is so talented and he's just so criminally underutilized. There were points where we were talking about, you know, oh, what's the depth behind Kittle at tight end? What are we looking at? And I was just like, man, with the way that he plays, Yuschek could be spot a spot tight end if you need him to. I I I would feel yeah. comfortable if they lined him up a tight end and actually ran routes with him, but they need to use him. And I think that it's absolutely a crime he hasn't been used more. I'd love to see him get an opportunity to get the ball more. 100% agree. I think that he is extremely underrated and underutilized as the receiver. He's a great blocker and I don't I'm not really as high, high on him as a runner, but he's not he's not needed there. I think that the 49ers should just continue to use him in the passing game. He's a hell of a receiver. The dude's got incredible body control. We've seen him do a couple toe tap catches and yet for some reason it's like Every six, seven weeks go by and Kyle's like, oh, yeah, I got this guy. Then let's use him. And then he just completely forgets about him for another month. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Monday night was enough for him to be like, turns out this guy's pretty good. So, yeah, use check is a guy that came like 15 years too late. Right. If this use check was put in like a 2000s offense, like a Mike Allstott 
type whatever. Honestly, Juice would be the best fucking the best fullback in the league. I mean, he is in today's, but he would be showcased in a way where you were just like, okay, that definitely makes it. So, one hundred percent agree. Um, all right, we're going to be getting into our offensive and defensive MVP predictions, final score predictions. You know how we do it here at the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Send your predictions in. If you get them right, we'll send you some merch. We're still waiting on somebody to do it. I'm not counting the guy who got it last year because he never responded to my message to get the merch that he won. Um, but before we do. Oh, wait, somebody won? Somebody won last year on Instagram. Oh, last year. Okay, I thought somebody won last last. No, week. no, no. Okay. It was last year, but they never responded. So I'm like, hey, man, you got merch waiting for you. What do you want? And they just never responded. So I'm like, there's only so much I can do. If you win the merch, please respond. But with that said, we got to thank today's sponsor, my bookie. Let me pull up the tab here so I can show you guys what we're working with. Let me pull this up one second. I'll just keep it. There we go. Colts Broncos is the game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's kind of a. Oh, I'm so glad I'm working. <laughs> it's nothing too fun. No, and Jonathan Taylor is not going to play. That's tough. All right. Let me pull this up here. One second. Bear with me, guys. There we go. All right. You guys, this has been a hell of a year. And you all know football. You all pick winners all the time. So why don't you get paid for them over at my book? You can bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple picks together to increase your payouts. I was so close to getting a four-game parlay on Sunday, but... I could not count on the Ravens to get the job done. That's all right. My book has got low contest entry fees and over half a million dollars to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have some fun. And it's super simple to get started. You're probably asking, Zach, how do I do this? Very easy. Head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code HIVE. It's on the screen right now. On your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. First deposit of $50 or more, they will match it. You deposit 50 50, they'll match you 50, deposit 100, they'll match you Hey, Zach, you're bugging out right now, brother. Oh, no. Your Am I any better? Your sound is like, uh, no. The betting test, gods test, are no? like, we don't want you to say shit. There you go. There you go. Go ahead. It's something with StreamYard. I don't know what it is. I've been having a lot of issues. Can you hear me now? You're yep. good. All right. You're good. Appreciate it. Thank you for the heads up. Again, I'm not sure what cut out, but it's super simple to get started. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code HIVE. It's on the screen right now. Bro, it, just, it did it again as soon as you started talking. They don't want you to promote this site, bro. Stuff is going on with this. Yeah, no worries. Use the promo code on the below screen below. Double deposit bonus, $50 or more. I'm a good person, government. I swear. It's, it's something with YouTube because everything looks fine on my end. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good now. As soon as you finish the ad read, you've been good the whole time course, except right? for the ad read, bro. That's how. That's how it works. Um, I'm super. But that's concerned. all right. What do we do? That's all right. Mybookie.ag <laughs> promo code Hive. We're probably on some government watch list now, but it is what it is. Um, I hope all right. we're on the 49ers. By watch the way, list. I hope we can partner. We can partner with them soon. Send the word out, everybody. Man, I see. 
Yeah, seriously. Uh, by the way, I did place a bet that Talano Hufanga would have a pick on Monday night, and he did. I placed like five bets. I was the only one that paid out, but that's all right. It was it was a good bet. Did you make all your money back? I did actually. I was I was plus twenty five on the day. I'll take it. Nice. I'll take it. And this, all right, ladies and so, gentlemen, is why we gamble. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's extremely fun. Let's get into these offensive and defensive MVP predictions and final score predictions. Thanks, everybody, for telling me that my mic's better now. I was bugging out. I don't know what it is. Shout out to YouTube. Always got something wrong with you, but it is what it is. All right. Offensive MVP prediction, Matt. Who do you got? Man, I've been fighting the current. I've been going away from everything that makes sense, but I'm still going to do it anyway. Um, I know the easy, low-hanging fruit is Debo Samuel, but... Man, I hate to do it. I'm going to throw him a bone. I think this this defense is pretty trash. I think offensive MVP is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to have his first 300-yard game of the season. He's going to have multiple touchdown passes. And while he might have an interception, it'll be one of those ones where it's like tipped off of somebody. So I think we get Jimmy Classic today. Um that's what I'm predicting. You know, Sunday he'll come out against a weak team and and kind of feast, which is what he does. So I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo. Damn. All right. All right. By the way, Emiliano, what are the chances that only during the ad read, the audio goes crazy? It is a conspiracy. That's what I'm saying, man. We live in the simulation. Been fine this whole time. Fine right after. MyBookie.ag, promo code Hive. How do you get it in real quick? All right. My offensive MVP, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Kyle Juszczyk. I'm going to go with Juice. I think he's going to have a big game, probably his best game of the year. Receiving, I'm going to say four catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. I like Juice. I like Juice's game. Do I even have to say it? Do I even have to say it? Defensive MVP, Nick Bosa. How many sacks? Three. And a forced fumble. Throw it on top. Nick Bosa, three sacks and a forced fumble. We will speak this into existence. That's right. That's right. Uh, Now StreamYard is giving me the weak internet signal. I don't know what's going on in my end. Nothing has changed. First, my camera wasn't working. Then my audio. Now my internet. So we're going to wrap up here pretty shortly. Our takes are too hot for the internet. Apparently so. Defensive MVP for me. I didn't pick him last week, and I should have. Talano Hufanga, I think he gets his hands on another one. The guy is just playing at an unreal level. Huff is going to have another interception. Baker Mayfield's going to be going to be crying uh, after Sunday. Final score predictions, Matt. 49ers 38, Panthers 10. Ooh. All right. The Panthers suck. I agree with that. I'm going to go with... 49ers 31 Panthers 13 It's going to be a it's going to be a beating and I I'm glad we're both we're both Oh, I'm here for it. 105 on Sunday, baby. I'm here for it. That's right. No prime time, no whatever. It's the first game in since the uh shit, the week 2 win over Seattle that I'm not working, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to sit back and I am going to enjoy some demolition of the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to love it. I love it, guys. All right. 
You know where to find us. Come back here after the game is over. We'll be providing all of the post-game recap your heart could desire. Thank you, everybody, for spending your Wednesday evening with us. I'm glad to be back. Matt, thanks for holding down the fort Monday night. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Our handles are below on the screen. If I can get them up there, you want to take us out? Absolutely. I just want to say thank you, everybody, who joined me on Monday night. Um, It was a crazy, crazy game where we dominated and y'all were you know, wonderful and helped me out on a solo adventure, but I'm glad to have my main man, Zach, back tonight. Um, I want to thank you guys, as always, for joining us. We love having you here. It's going to be a beatdown in Carolina, folks. Get ready. Get ready. I'm ready. Are you? With that being said, thank you, as always, for joining us. And until next time, go Niners.